Columbus's own Kent Merker played in a few World Series. Let's talk to him, see what he thinks about tonight. Kent, what's going on, buddy? <laughs> hey, Kent, welcome back. What's going on, guys? Well, we were talking uh, controversial nicknames and mascots. You were the Kaufman, Dublin Kaufman. They were the Rocks, right? Well, they were the Shamrocks when I was there, and that wasn't uh, man enough. So then it kind of became the Rocks, but technically they're the Shamrocks. Ah, yes. Well, that makes perfect sense. So then when you were in Atlanta playing for the Braves, were there people calling for a name change even back then? Uh, Not in Atlanta, but there was some controversy over the foam tomahawks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they were trying to monetize that, and I don't know who made them, but they were trying to – the Native Americans were trying to – jump in on that to get a little bit of that money. The I gotcha. home tomahawk. Hey, hey Ken, <laughs> how many how many World Series did you go to with the Braves? I went to three. 91, 92, 95. Obviously lost two and one, then eventually won in uh, 95. So if you're like the Dodgers right now who go to three World Series in four years, and obviously you guys probably talked about how many times the Braves went and didn't win, what goes through your mind? You've been there before. You haven't won. Is there any added pressure to finally win it being there so many times? Absolutely. And and if anything else, we were we were back in, in the mid-'90s, we were referred to as the Buffalo Braves, or the, they called us the Atlanta Bills because <laughs> – they were, you know, they obviously went to four straight Super Bowls and, and came up empty. Yeah, there's definitely added pressure, uh, especially not just that they've been there three of the last four, but look at the ro- look at the roster. Right, composition of that that roster is unbelievable, and yeah, and and I, but you know what? Here's the thing. I think they're built for it. I think they're prepared for this. I think being down three one against Atlanta and coming back and, and inevitably winning that series, that shows you, and I think it proved to themselves, what they're made of and what they're capable of doing. Yeah, it's a true David versus Goliath here. I mean, there's players – I'm a fan. There's players on Tampa Bay I've never even heard of. <laughs> well, you're, you're right. I mean – that's, that's the beauty of the game, though. Like, like, you don't have to be filled with superstars to get to the highest highest – levels in this game right you just got to play well as a team and you got to do the little things that that on a daily and consistent basis especially in october but you got to do those little things that get you to the world series and and that's what both these teams do and and you know here they're in first world series uh ever right in a neutral field what are you what are you hearing playing in this bubble uh, down in Texas, do you think the players, was, does that make it easier or does it make it more equal because both teams are on the road, for, you know, literally? You know what? I, I think, and I haven't really talked to a, a, an extensive amount of players, but I think just with the absence of all the travel, I mean, the worst part for me of the playing the game, especially in the postseason, was traveling. The fact that these guys get to just stay in the same location, same hotel, they don't have to check in, check out, get their bags down. And I know it sounds petty, but it's just those things where if you want to lay around all day in your room in your underwear and not do anything, you have the ability to do that. So I think as far as travel goes, it's probably ideal for these guys. And, and honestly, when you get to – the fans make a big difference. They sure do. But – when you're focused on the field, you kind of block out a lot of that noise anyway. So 
I don't think one way or the other it's going to affect them as far as home field advantage versus being the visiting club. Yeah, Kent Merker's with us. Hey, how hard is it when you look at this Tampa team and it's built differently than other teams because they don't have the money or the resources to go out and sign huge free agents. They just look for guys who are fit for their team. A, you know, They do a pretty good job of pinch hitters and different lineups and different things that works for them. How hard is it to build a team when you're just going out there and going, all right, well, we need a left-handed bat here and we need a guy who can play second and short and a little outfield. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you look at it how to build a team like that. It is. And first, they have the money. They just choose not to spend it. Well, yes. A lot of teams are like that. that. Yeah. Right. But no, Torg, you make a great point. That's where I think a lot of the analytics come in. And they're kind of shifting towards, you know, like Oakland did, Moneyball, that whole story. Right. But they're kind of shifting towards, let's get the best, most value out of each player. And, Jerry, to your point, there's a lot of no-name guys that no one's heard of. There's a lot of good ball players out there that we haven't heard of. And I think with with hiring cash and the, you know, a baseball guy, I think he's been able to use the analytics but also apply it to a more old-school approach of baseball. And I think that combination is great for these guys. And, and it is tough. And But you know what? As far as the pressure goes, they don't really have any pressure. They've been twice in the history of the franchise, right? And no one expects them to win, so they can go out there, play loose, and have fun. Hey, I wanted to ask you, because I think Tom Glavin had something weird happen to him, but Cody Bellinger separated his shoulder, and he's done it a few times, but he did it after his home run, that aggressive elbow bump, and then they went in the clubhouse. Popped his shoulder, yeah. Popped his shoulder in. When you played, didn't Glavin hurt himself trying to iron a shirt while he was wearing it? That was John Smoltz. Smoltz, yes. Used used a steamer while he was wearing his shirt. (laughs) I've done that. I love Smolty, and by the way, I think he's the best in the business. I you know, agree. That's no offense to anybody else that does it. That guy's unbelievable. Yeah, he's but, really good. Yeah, he actually, yeah, he hurt himself steaming his shirt. I, apparently, you know, all these people waste money on uh, plastic surgery. You can just iron your skin when it gets wrinkled, apparently. But uh, And Tommy Glavin, actually, it wasn't in the playoffs, but he actually got the flu and broke broke one or two ribs from throwing up. Wow. That was another fluke injury. Ooh, that's yeah. sick. Yeah, what yeah. it there that's was real sick. Remember Joel Zamaya of the t- the Tigers hurt get, yes. of Guitar did, Hero? Did, was it Guitar Hero? I thought it was Guitar Hero. It could be something else. Somebody, no, it was Guitar Hero. It yeah. definitely was. That yep. is just weird. What are some of the other ones that have you heard when it in your days? The toothbrush, right? Well, somebody was brushing their teeth, I think. There was a sneeze. No. A sneeze. Baseball players, baseball players don't brush their teeth. <laughs> I just dropped my Joe Biden. Come on, man. Come uh, on, man. You I'll, know I'll the thing, Kent. I'll, I'll tell you one that's funny is we used to flip pumpkin seeds in the bullpen when we were bored. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you picture holding one in your between your thumb and your pointer finger right. and flicking it with your middle finger. Yeah. I forget. Was it Wollers? Somebody got tendonitis in their elbow from doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
thought you were going to say it hit, hit somebody in the eye. No. Oh, dude, we, we used to have launch records. That was a lot of fun. I actually miss flipping pumpkin seeds. Uh, How sad is that? Well, let's hook up for the game and we could do it. Hey, um, would you say with the Dodgers, the only weakness may be middle relief, even though Urias uh, got, went three innings for that final game to kind of close it off. But if you're looking at one weakness for the Dodgers, would it be their middle relief? Yeah, you nailed that. And I, I think Jensen, I mean, listen, historically he's been pretty good. I don't always trust him when he comes in. But, yes, middle relief would be their weakness. Uh, the lineup, one through nine, is unbelievable. Ooh, yeah. Uh, and they can switch out, they, guys, yeah. Yes. And, and, and the thing to me is Tampa Bay, I think well, Rosarina is unbelievable. That guy's such a good hitter. It's, it's amazing. But the rest of the team, minus him, hit 185, and that's not gonna, that's not gonna work against that Dodger pitching staff. With Kershaw, you got Bueller. I mean, that's just not gonna yeah. work. They're gonna have to have more of those guys chip in if they're gonna plan on winning this World Series. And that's listen, they can do it. I think what they have the second best record in all of baseball behind yeah. the Dodgers, so they have the ability. But this to me, guys, I mean, and I'm not predicting anything, but this is where experience in, in light of this entire season, just the, the, the weirdness of it, this is where I think the experience the Dodgers have, having been there three of the last four, this is that's going to pay huge dividends for them against. Them. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think if you went position by position, the Dodgers would definitely have the edge in the majority of comparisons there. No, no so, doubt. On paper. But let them, let them play the game. And last time we had you, Kent, I asked if of all the pandemic changes, what you thought may become permanent, and you mentioned the DH. What about the number of games played? Here we are. There's still excitement for the World Series. Now, I'm you'd have to play more than the 60 of this year. But what if they only played 110 games? No, I, listen, I think there's definitely an argument to – Shorten the season now, maybe not to one ten because now you're getting into the the, the economics of it. Oh, that's, that's less, true. Yeah, gate, good point. From the TV package, but good point. Certainly down to like a one fifty four or one fifty, where one fifty four is where it used to be. You could definitely do that. And I'll tell you the other thing that I think, and obviously in a normal year you can't do this, but the lack of off days, meaning none, right this year. Yeah, this really it really exposes teams that don't have as much depth as the other teams because you can't just start your number one guy games one, four, and seven, right? Because you don't have the two off days built in to give him that extra day's rest. So this, this actually exposes teams that don't have depth in pitching and that don't have depth in, in, a, in, in their position players because you got to be ready to play every day. Yeah, there's going to be an off day. Use- there's going to be an off day in the series, thank goodness. Right, yeah. there is. But yeah. but you got to be ready. Your bullpen, you can't just say, you know what, I'm going to overuse this guy the first two games because we got, you know, the next day off and we'll give him a – you can't do that. You actually have to manage as if, you know, we don't have rest. We're, we, we, and that, that, to me, that's been really exciting to watch this. And I, and I think one other point I'll make, people that put an asterisk or think there needs to be an asterisk put next to the champion, who eventually it is, because it's only 60 games. Oh, I don't think those should be. I don't either. I, I would argue this 60-game season has been more trying and tested more players than a 
462 game regular season. Uh, yeah, nobody's season. saying LeBron's championship ha- should have an asterisk. Oh, I am, but I don't like you LeBron. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think these these playoffs have been the best I've seen in like a decade. And I say this as a Cubs fan who actually won a World Series. Hey, how do they next year, Kent? Because this virus is not going away. They're going to get a vaccine that tricks your body. How are you yeah. going to have them? I, I get how the major leagues are going to play, and I think they could pull it off. I think they did a good job towards the end of the year. How the heck is baseball going to get a minor league system going next year? I just don't see it happening. Yeah, you know what? I, I think that's a long way away, right? Like, yeah, but I don't... Of, we've, we've seen a lot change in the last couple months versus spikes in the in the in the virus when it was, was contained. Like, I think it's something we just, like you said, we're going to have to deal with this in perpetuity, right? Forever. So they just can't, these kids, these organizations can't afford to miss more time. They need to develop. I I, I understand they're going to condense the amount of teams and maybe the, the 20 round draft maybe become the new normal, which I don't think is a horrible idea, but they got to get these kids out playing. And and I think if if nothing else, baseball has shown other than early on when they had the two teams, Miami and, and uh, St. Louis that had those, those spikes. If, if you just use common sense and, and these players are willing to just follow protocol, I think 99.9% of the time, everything's going to be okay. And I think the fact that demographically the age group that's suffering from this virus isn't typically your 18 to 25, 26 year old minor league kid. Just go out and do it. Start as scheduled, and just if you have to pause, hit the pause button. You do it. But I think you have to go in with these kids coming down late, mid late February, and just plan on having a normal minor league season. Now, whether that happens or not, we'll, we'll, time will tell. But I think February is a lo- far enough away that it, it'd be rough to rush to judgment now. Yeah, yeah, you'd have been the guy that would be busted for partying in like a, a Buckhead Hooters. You- <laughs> it's a good thing you're not around playing today because you know you'd have been caught at a Buckhead Popeyes. Is and, Buckhead yeah, is great. Sandy Springs or something. <laughs> I, I, I think, honestly, Atlanta had the, their, they had a place called Bimbo's, which was literally the knockoff version of, of Hooters. Called Bimbo's? Yeah, and I'm not going to say if I ever went there. Wow. <laughs> Talk about un-PC bimbos. Uh, Ken Merker, you're the best, man. Thanks for coming on. Now, guys, and by the way, I want, on my way, before you called, I was listening to Stone Temple Pilots on my way to 8 o'clock Pickleball. Beautiful. Beautiful. Life's good, isn't it? All right, it is, Ken. Thanks, Thank Ken. you, sir. You're the best. See you, guys.